When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Will the Caves and Cliffs update be the biggest update ever to come to Minecraft? Are Ravagers illagers or are they not? And where do villagers get their materials for trading? Let's answer these questions and more in this episode of Dig Straight Down. What is going on, crafters? Welcome to another episode of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC, recorded on February 21st, 2021. So I'm sure, as y'all are all aware, the south of the U.S. has been experiencing some uncharacteristic cold winter weather, um, and, and especially in Texas. I mean, my heart really goes out to the people in Texas and just the, the, the suffering that they've had to go through. Um, just simply not being prepared for the, the wave of winter that has hit the southern U.S. Um, but here in Mississippi, it hasn't been that bad. We have been stuck at home for a week um, with power, with utilities. It wasn't really a big deal. But um, I, this morning going to church was the first time <laughs> that uh, I left the house for a week. So the snow is finally beginning to melt the ice is finally beginning to go away i'm so tired of it i hate snow um one day of it is fine and fun but beyond that especially if christmas is already over there's really no point to cold weather anymore um so i'm ready for winter to move on spring to come but this has been a uh bet- between uh now and last episode some big things have happened and i'm going to go i'm going to get into those things in the main discussion of this episode but first before we get there let's dig into the dragon's egg challenge so the dragon's egg challenge is an event where three teams of listeners compete in creative challenges to win the dragon's egg trophy and side note i have been i've had one or two emails or comments asking if Maybe I can bring back the listener challenges that I used to do in previous seasons. And I've I've thought a lot about that. Um, And honestly, I don't really see how much of a difference there is between listener challenges and this new Dragon's Egg challenge. The only real difference is that now there's teams. Um, But again, as I've said in other episodes, you can, on your own volition... Um, take part in these challenges without having to join the discord or anything all you have to do is basically say hey this is the team i'd like to be on or the team that i would like my answer to go towards and you know here's my my idea for the challenge and honestly that's the same as the listener challenge as the listener challenges were in the previous season so um i'm not going to bring back listener challenges as they used to be because I feel like this is just what that was plus one or two extra little things that really don't change it at all. So um, 
keep the ideas coming. Uh, don't don't be f- afraid to send me those questions and suggestions. I, I love to have the feedback. But Dragon's Egg Challenge, for, at least for the foreseeable future, is here to stay. And I encourage you to take part in it. Um, and if you can't join the Discord, that's okay. You don't have to. Uh, you can just email me and you can connect with me on Twitter and uh, do it that way. So that being said, last episode... I gave the challenge to the three teams to improve the use of magic in Minecraft. And for first up, here is Ironlock's answer. Ironlock says, In archaeological dig sites, you can get deactivated totems. These totems can be combined with some item using some rituals to reactivate them. Like the Totem of Undying, they have effects that start if a certain condition is met while you are holding them, but are destroyed upon use. We have two suggestions for new items. The Totem of Shielding is crafted if you combine the empty totem with a golden apple. And the Totem of Preservation is crafted if you combine an empty totem with a zombie head. Oh, that's really cool. A Totem of Shielding gives you 10 temporary hit points if you take any damage while holding it that lasts for a minute. The Totem of Preservation spawns a zombie that holds your entire inventory and equips your gear when you die. The zombie will not despawn, and you must kill it to get your stuff back. Okay, for originality, I'm giving this one a 4 out of 5. That is some really great ideas right there. You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm going to go back, and I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5, because I've really, i never seen suggestions for new totems quite like this, and I really, really think that... It, it is such a unique, cool idea to be able to find basically empty, um, featureless totems using the archaeological system and then combining them with something to give them an effect. Um, and also the effects are really cool, especially the zombie one is, is such an interesting one because it, there's, there's a downside to using them. Um, and I, I like the idea. I mean, all good fantasy uh, nerds know that magic requires sacrifice, and that seems like a good sacrifice, is that if you use the Totem of Preservation, you're going to have to kill a zombie later, and it might have some really good netherite gear, depending on what you were wearing at the time. So I really, really like that. Attention to detail, I give it a 4 out of 5, and how well it fits into Minecraft also, I give it a 4 out of 5. Great, great idea there. And so that gives us a score of 13 altogether. Alright, Archelor's idea. There could be different ways to gain magic, and maybe different branches of magic could exist, like elemental magic, necromancy, and animal transformation. Okay, so those are their three ideas for new types of magics. The different ways to get magic would be, one, soul sorcery. You drain the life force of others to get your magic. If you don't, your character slowly crumbles to dust but only after you start draining life force. Interesting. Uh, Number two, ritual. You do certain rituals that replenish your magic. The rituals themselves still require magic, although very little. So if you choose ritual, be sure you always save a little bit of magic, or else the ritual won't work and you can't refill your magic. Number three, belief. You gain this magic by building up trust by protecting a village. Interesting. Your magic is tied to the village, though, and is disabled temporarily when you leave the village, and disabled permanently if all the villagers in the village die off. I really like that one. That one's really cool. 
Necromancy, as with all the other magic types, is normally gained through soul sorcery, but it can still be gained the other ways. I I like this idea. I mean, maybe mostly for a mod. So for originality, I give it a 4 out of 5. I think that's is a pretty original idea. Attention to detail, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. I do think one of the things that could have been explained better um, was how you get to these points. Um, how do you do soul sorcery? How do you do these rituals? Um, maybe not that one, but how do you do soul sorcery? How do you get to that point where you can actually do that? Do you need an item to do that? Um, and the belief as well. Uh, building up trust by protecting a village. Is that is that basically you, you, you trade with the villagers enough and you just have a good reputation? Is that what they mean by that? So there's some, I feel like there's a little bit of missing detail there. Um, and how well it fits in Minecraft. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. I think it would make a good mod maybe. Um, so I give this a score of 10. All right, and for Nightbane, Nightbane's idea is the wand. The wand would be a bit like the Infinity Gauntlet, hmm, with five stones. The five different power stones could be crafted with mob essence from certain mobs. You would need nine essence for a crystal and nine crystals to make the stone. Wow. <laughs> if you killed a mob with the wand, which does the exact same damage as a stone sword, it has a 1 out of 20 chance of dropping essence. Mob essences and stone powers are, first, Explosion Stone uses a creeper essence and can explode a 5x5 block area, has a cooldown of 5 minutes, and does not destroy blocks if in water. Two, Poison Stone, spider, cave spider essence, you can climb walls and have a 50% chance of inflicting poison two for 10 seconds when hitting something, has no cooldown and cannot be used in the daytime. And the Firestone, using a Ghast Essence, you right-click to throw a Fireball. Five-minute cooldown cannot be used in water. And the last one is the Leapstone, with a Slime Essence. You have a constant jump boost of two and cannot be used in the Nether. For originality, I give that a three out of five. Um, for attention to detail, I give it a uh, five out of five. Again, Nightbane has <laughs> provided graphical uh, Im imagery to help with um, understanding what they were talking about. Um, so that was pretty cool. And also that had a lot of detail in that paragraph there. So um, five out of five attention to detail. How well it fits into Minecraft? I'm going to give it a three out of five. Um, one of the things about Minecraft systems is usually, I say usually because I feel like uh, redstone is an obvious, um, obvious exception to this. Systems are usually pretty simple, and this wand feels like it's like very feature-heavy. It would be like an update on its own, like the wand update, <laughs> um, rather than one feature that, that, that appears in a new update. So, overall, I'm giving Nightbane a score of 11. And so the egg moves on to the house of Ironlock. Congratulations, Ironlock. And as the triumphant, victorious music begins to play, I will read the names of the winning team. Catcraft507, Incredimike, Obni, Henbonk, SparkBandit04, 
Jackie Boy, and Lightning7210. Congratulations, Ironlock, and as the victorious music fades away, here is the next challenge. For the next challenge, I want you to imagine a new rideable mob. What kind of creature is it? Where can you find it? How do you tame it and take care of it? And much more importantly, why do you want to ride it? The ideas will be judged on originality, attention to detail, and how well it fits into Minecraft. Each team can put forward more than one idea, so don't be shy to disagree with each other and come up with your own answers. However, I really do want to see the team members working together on this, and whoever has the best idea, of course, will win the Dragon's Egg Trophy and will have a full team member shout-out in the next episode. Again, if you want to take part in this challenge, you can either join a team on the Discord server, or you can email me with your ideas and tell me which team you would like to be on. The deadlines for ideas for this challenge is Wednesday, March 3rd. And now, let's dig into the main discussion of this episode. And for this main discussion, guys, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, this The most recent snapshot is 21W06A. This is a historic <laughs> snapshot. This snapshot has changed Minecraft forever. The, the, the entire world of Minecraft has completely changed. This is a fundamental change <laughs> to Minecraft. Um, I want to say change a lot <laughs> in this episode. So reading from the, the notes from uh, Minecraft.net on this snapshot, they say, today's snapshot introduces a major change to how caves are generated within Minecraft. You could say we're now introducing the cave part of caves and cliffs. Side note, I can't wait till they get to the cliffs part of that. Um, that would be really cool. This is only the first step in our underground adventure, so please note that snapshots show features in early development, and there are two notable caveats with this snapshot. One, you'll be unable to open old worlds in the snapshot as there are currently no upgrade path towards the new world height. There's a new world height. Two, all caves of this new type between Y31 and Y63 will be flooded with water. Um, so those are some things to keep in mind. So the new features in 21W06A. Uh, they've added noise caves and aquifers. A lot of people are saying aquifiers. It's aquifers. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, so what are these things? Noise caves are a new, new way of generating caves, providing more natural variety. They can get really huge sometimes. They come in two flavors, cheese caves, which are like holes in Swiss cheese, and spaghetti caves, which are long squiggly tunnels. No, they aren't loud. The noise part of noise caves is a technical term. It has nothing to do with sound. The old cave carvers and canyons still generate, combining with the noise caves to form interesting cave systems. As with carvers, when noise caves intersect the surface, they form cave entrances. An aquifer is an area with local water level independent of sea level. Aquifers are used during world generation to generate bodies of water inside noise caves. This sometimes result in large underground lakes. That's pretty awesome. 
Um, and, and real quick, I do believe it has been confirmed that the new Glow Squid mob will only spawn in these areas. They will not be spawning in the oceans. As far as I can understand what has been going around on Twitter, that might be complete speculation and that might be completely inaccurate, but um, that is something to think about uh, going forward. Anyway, so magma sometimes generates to the bottom of these underground bodies of water. Underwater cave carvers, underwater canyons have been removed since aquifers are used to generate water in caves instead. Changes in this snapshot. Overworld build and generation limits have been expanded. Mine shafts are now adapted to larger caves. You can no longer crouch or jump to prevent a big drip leaf from tilting. A big drip if I can say this correctly, a big drip leaf will now tilt rather than break when hit by a projectile. A redstone powered big drip leaf will not tilt except when hit by a projectile. The textures for hanging roots and small drip leaves have been updated. Which the the, the drip leaf changes? I'm interested to see how people how redstone savvy people are going to use those changes to possibly create some interesting parkour mini games. Um, I can already see if 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 you're standing on a drip leaf or if your opponent is standing on a drip leaf and you're either able to power it to keep it from tilting or you're able to uh, make it tilt by throwing a projectile at it. That can make for some pretty fun games. World generation changes. Generation range and build limits have been expanded by 64 blocks up and 64 blocks down to a total range of 384 blocks. Underground features, structures, and caves generate all the way down to Y. Negative 64. Okay, these are the biggest changes ever. <laughs> I think this is this is the biggest change since the introduction of the end dimension to the 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 world of minecraft this is the biggest change it literally changes the entire structure of the overworld now the, the, you can build you can build 64 blocks higher in this snapshot than you could have before and you can dig down 64 blocks more which means bedrock really happens at negative 64 or negative 65 maybe negative 64 is the bottom of the world it, it used to not be this you used to not be able to go down into the negatives you would die if you did um and you would have to have punched through bedrock even to to do that so this is a insane massive change to how the world of minecraft generates in the overworld and Guys, it's 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 really historic for this game. So, um, so and and it, this this um, new way of generating really hasn't added new features necessarily, apart from different ways caves generate. No new items have been introduced. No new blocks have been introduced. Literally, they've just changed the way you know, caves generate, which means they've taken away blocks. So it's, it's such an interesting way to to say that th this kind of update is the biggest update that's really ever happened to the game since the introduction of the end dimension years and years ago. So I'm extremely excited. And, and the things, the videos that I've seen from this snapshot, I've watched people like uh, Waddles, people like uh, Exumavoid, um, play and pixel rifts play in the snapshot and it's mind-blowing just how 
beautiful and and huge these caves are. I mean, some of these caves are. I, I, I believe the, the 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 caves that I'm thinking of right now are the um, the Swiss cheese the the cheese caves. I guess that's what they were called. Um, they they're so they're they're almost like ravines that are laying on their side. They're just this wide open, massive, just expansive caves that you can even fly around or or boat around in if they're filled with water and um those are the kind of caves that i feel like people are going to gravitate towards when it comes to building cave bases in this new update they're just massive and when they're all lit up they're just really beautiful so i am very excited um even more so now that we're able to see what these caves are going to generate like and I can't wait till the cave biomes finally generate. That will be amazing to see these massive dripstone caves or maybe even some massive, you know, uh, lush caves. And whatever other biome may or may not come, I'm, I'm so excited to see how these things are going to look. Um... Speaking of biomes, there, ha there no biomes are generating in this, in this snapshot. It does make me wonder, though, how about the deep dark? How will the deep dark generate um, in this new update? There's a lot of speculation going on about the deep dark. Some people, for some reason, when when it was initially being talked about and discussed in the in the community, there there were a few people who thought it was going to be kind of like another dimension in a way. Uh, that that's I I highly doubt that the deep dark is going to be some sort of new dimension or or thing that you have to do something very special to get into. Um, the impression that I'm getting from the way that the deep dark has been discussed by the developers of the game is that it's going to be a biome that you can go to. It's going to be an underground biome, much like the uh, dripstone caves or the lush caves. So these are this is something that you're going to be able to dig down into, um, whether you're prepared to or not. So my my personal hope for for the deep dark and, and i've seen a, a, a couple of people also mention this on twitter and i think on youtube as well i hope that the deep dark will be a worldwide biome that that generates across the entire overworld um, so that no matter where you are in the world you can dig down to it Maybe it could spawn at or slightly above bedrock level, which is which. I mean, bedrock is now negative sixty-four. That's a a long way down, and it, this would still make it pretty difficult to get to. So that by the time you've gotten to the deep dark, most likely you've come across enough diamonds to ha have a decent set of gear and everything. But I'm just imagining almost like if you think about a cross section of overworld generation. You have cave systems and everything, you know, generating like normal um, massive caves and all of that. And then you get to a certain negative Y level. Let's say negative 32 is the top, is, the, is, is where the roof of the deep dark generates. And everything below negative 32, all the way down to bedrock, or maybe not all the way down, but almost all the way down to bedrock, is the deep dark as far as the eye can see there's no 
It, there's no individual deep dark biome caves. It's just one worldwide cave as far as the world generates. I think that that would be pretty amazing. It would almost be as if there's an entire new world under under the world. You, you think about the, uh, a story like Journey to the Center of the Earth, the beloved Jules Verne science fiction novel that has been adapted to movies I don't know how many times. Um, but the idea is these the main characters in that uh, novel, they go down into the center of the earth and they, and they find that in the center of the earth is an entire new world. It's, it's as if that there, 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 there are creatures down there. I believe there's like dinosaurs and stuff. I think that the deep dark could be like that for the overworld. If you dig down to negative 32, you can enter into this endless subterranean landscape that stretches out as far as you can see. It's infested with skulk. It's extremely dangerous. And there are wardens, you know, spawning occasionally. But the the promise of epic loot <laughs> is always there leading you on. I hope that that's how it's going to be. I don't think that that's necessarily what's going to happen. If I, if I had to bet on it, I would say that the Deep Dark is going to be individual caves. Probably very big caves. But individual cave systems... Um, that are more similar to how the dripstone caves or the lush caves generate. And I'll be fine with that. That, that won't be a disappointment really, but I will just be, I would just be, you know, over the moon <laughs> if the deep dark generated worldwide instead of in little pockets. And also released on February 17th was a new snapshot, 21W07. A. And in this snapshot, it adds on to the previous one. It adds a new block called Grimstone. Grimstone, according to the release notes, can be found in the deepest parts of the underground and is slightly tougher to mine than normal stone. Uh, for instance, you cannot instamine it with a beacon and an efficiency 5 uh, pickaxe. Also, like blackstone, grimstone can be used to craft basic tools, furnaces, and brewing stands. So it can be used as a stand-in for regular cobblestone, just like blackstone can. Um, and there's a few other things, like grimstone can be made into several different kinds of variants, and which is really, really awesome. There's so many new blocks added just with the, the addition of this one block. Um, but one of the things that was very interesting about this snapshot in particular is that um, the ore generation has been adjusted a little bit. Um, in the show notes of this episode, there's a link to a uh, tweet um, from one of the Minecraft devs, and they put a, a graphic out kind of illustrating where they are right now, this first iteration of Minecraft 1.17 ore distribution. And it's very interesting but one of the main things that I, I've noticed about this new way ore generates is that um, emerald ore can generate all the way up to what is now currently the build limit in uh, 1.16. So in 1.17, in, in the Caves and Cliffs update, emerald will be able to generate all, all the way up to that level. And of course, they've you know, added 74 blocks uh, of world height upwards since then, but it seems to indicate if you can mine for 
emerald and also uh, iron and coal up to those heights, it that seems to indicate that the new mountain heights will be all the way up to what we now know as build limit in our 1.16 worlds, which is those are tall mountains. <laughs> those are huge mountains, and I am so stoked about that. Um, Emerald ore will be generating a lot frequently at those heights, and which I mean, mining for emerald, it, unless you're going specifically for emerald ore, which can be used decoratively. Um, mining for emerald is not necessarily the most efficient way to get emerald. You can get emeralds from, you know, trading with villagers is the easiest way, but also you can get them from farming villagers in a raid farm. But yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to just, just for the site, just for the heck of it, you know, to mine for emeralds and, and iron at the tops of mountains rather than down beneath the bottom um, beneath the surface of the world. Also, diamond generates most now at the bottom of the world, in in the area where uh, grimstone has now replaced normal stone. And really, if you look at this graph, and I encourage you to go check that link out in the description of this episode, if you look at this graph, it's it really shows how now there is no ideal level to strip mine or branch mine for all resources. So it's going to change the way that we mine. Um, so that's really it about the new snapshot. Um, if y'all have been playing with it, uh, send me an email. Let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know uh, what you think mine, uh, Mojang should do when it comes to the deep dark. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, moving on to the next little topic here, Minecraft Dungeons is heading to the nether. Um, for those of you who play Minecraft Dungeons, this is something to get excited about. Flames of the Nether DLC is coming to Minecraft Dungeons on February 24th. Um, this will include six new missions featuring familiar biomes from the nether. As with all new Minecraft Dungeons content, there will be new artifacts, weapons, and gear. The DLC also includes two new skins and a baby ghast pet. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, <clears throat> it also includes a major new feature called Ancient Hunts, which are procedurally generated in-game missions that weave in and out of the nether. Surviving these ancient hunts and beating the ancient mobs within is the only way to get top-tier gilded gear. There's also the chance to get gold, which is a new currency that a newly arrived piglin merchant in your camp will find very interesting. The free update also includes some changes to Apocalypse Plus, and all that information came from the official Minecraft website. Um, there are a handful of things in this release that really, you know pique my interests um now I, I i don't play minecraft dungeons i have i have a mac i cannot play minecraft dungeons on a mac i don't have any i don't have any other kind of gaming console or anything that i play games on and to be honest i don't hardly ever play minecraft 
vanilla. Like I, I, I just don't ever have a chance to. So these are things that I wish would come to Minecraft vanilla so that I could possibly <laughs> play with it. Um, the first thing is the baby ghast. I want to see baby ghast. That would just be so adorable. The piglin merchant. I don't know how this piglin is in the overworld without becoming zombified. That hints that possibly he's either drinking a potion that keeps him from doing that, or maybe he's wearing some very specific gear. I don't know. Um, I would like to know how they're keeping this guy from becoming undead. But I would like to see a piglin merchant in vanilla Minecraft. Now, how would this be any different than bartering with a, a, a normal piglin, you ask? Well, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> um, I, I, maybe I, I imagine that it will be it would be more like trading and less like bartering. So it would be more like you go up to the guy, you right-click on him, a, uh, a UI pops up, and you're able to select the goods and, 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 and um, trades, much like you would with a villager, except his trades are nether-specific. And probably things that you don't get by bartering with the other piglins. I would like to see that. And maybe this guy kind of wanders around and, and can visit the overworld, much like the uh, the wandering trader. The ancient hunt and the uh, ancient mobs kind of get me interested. I don't know what ancient mobs are going to be. Are these going to be things that are like zombies that are encrusted with ancient debris, perhaps? Kind of would be cool. Um, that might be something that I would love to see added to vanilla whenever I get a chance to see it and see what it is. That would be kind of cool. And this gilded gear. It sounds like something that we might be able to make in a, um, you know, in a smithing table. So maybe make your netherite armor even cooler by uh, ha gilding it with gold or maybe doing that with your diamond gear. That might be pretty awesome. I would love any... Uh, uh, you all know that I would love any opportunity to... Um, customize gear and add interesting designs and things to it in um, using the smithing table. I think that that is a missed opportunity and hopefully will happen one day. Anyway, so that's it for Minecraft Dungeons updates. Let's move on to a couple of questions that I had. <laughs> so, so writing Minecraft stories as I do um, on the the as you'll hear on the Mind Fable podcast that I release um, after I release every uh, Dig Straight Down episode, I think a lot about the world of Minecraft and how it works as a world, um, how the world building unfolds in various aspects of various features and everything, and how it could work together in a narrative sense. Um, so I often come across these kinds of questions that I have to answer when I write stories. And I think I would like to go into some of these questions in future episodes of Dig Straight Down. But I have a couple to get us started here. The first question that I have, and some thoughts that I have on it, is, are Ravagers illagers or not? Are Ravagers illagers? Now, I want to take a minute here. One of my pet peeves is when people mispronounce Ravagers as Revengers. <laughs> as if these are almost like Avengers, but instead of avenging, they're revenging. These are Ravagers. They ravage. They don't revenge. So uh, if you hear anybody say Revengers, correct them in kindness, please. <laughs> anyway, so are they, are they Illagers? Could you say that Ravagers are a part of the Illager family? 
I looked at the wiki, and um, by the way, this is this 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 question was um, was kind of inspired by an episode of the Dirt Hut that is hosted by Bit, um, and I recommend that you go listen to his show. You'll learn a lot. So, according to the wiki, there are three specific criteria for a mob to be considered an illager. Johnny Vindicators, so these are Vindicators that have been renamed to Johnny using a name tag, do not attack the other mob. So the mob in question is, is an illager if Johnny Vindicators do not attack it. The mob cannot be damaged by Evoker Fangs or Ravager's Roar. The mob does not fight back when hit, when hit by a Mist Arrow shot by a Pillager or an Illusioner. So the Ravager in the Bedrock Edition meets all of these criteria, and thus, in the Bedrock Edition, the Ravager is an Illager. However, in the Java Edition, the Ravager is not an Illager, because Johnny Vindicators will attack them without being attacked by a Ravager in return. So, <laughs> okay, so maybe the question is, which one should it be? Should Ravagers be Illagers or not? Um, when I look at an illager, I see two conflicting things. It is a very bull, buffalo-like creature. It's it's very bovine in appearance, but it does have the face of an illager. So it's kind of this very unsettling-looking thing. So it's disturbing either way. If it's not an illager, why does it have an illager face? It's like looking at a, you know, looking at a bird in the tree, and all of a sudden, you just turns that turns around and looks at you, and it has a person's face, like a human face. That would be kind of freaky. But if it is an illager, why is it an animal-looking thing? Why does it look like a cow? So my my solution to this is maybe ravagers are sort of like werewolves. They can change back and forth and we just never see them change maybe they are actually pillagers that are under a curse or something and they've transformed in sort of like a monstrous brute creature so maybe that's some sort of headcanon for us fans who want to make sense of that so whenever we get parody on this feature if we ever get parody on this feature um that will determine whether or not the Ravager is an Illager. But I do want to know your thoughts, so send me your ideas as to how to answer this burning question. Should Ravagers be Illagers or not, officially? So, for the next question that I have, that doesn't really make sense to me, you know, in the world of Minecraft, how this, how this is supposed to work. Where do Villagers get their materials for trading? This is a, this is an important question. You never see you never see a fisherman villager actually fish. Um you never see a um let's say you never see a leather worker kill a cow. You never see a shepherd shear sheep. You never see these things happen. But yet they have those materials ready for you to trade with them. Another example, the cleric uses the brewing stand, but where does it get the blaze powder? <laughs> There's no way for it to get to the nether. So, my solution for this is it's mostly, most likely from the wandering trader. We all know that the wandering trader likes to show up 
when there are villagers present. It likes to hang out around villages. That's pretty cool. I love that little bit of world building. So maybe this wandering trader brings the, tra the villagers these goods that they need to practice their craft, and we can also buy them from the villagers directly. I think that this could be improved upon by making a variant of the wandering trader for each dimension. So you have the overworld variant that we all know and love selling overworld goods. Maybe we have another variant that sells nether goods. Or maybe this could actually be the piglin merchant from earlier in the discussion. Maybe we have an end variant that sells end goods. And these variants could be seen rarely in the end and the nether, just to give the idea that they go there to maybe gather their supplies. And their trades would have to be very carefully selected or very, very expensive to keep them from being overpowered in the early game. But I think that that might be an answer to this world-building question that where do the villagers actually get these things that they trade with? Um, but I do want to know your thoughts, guys. Where do you think the villagers get their stuff? Or do they just magically make them? You know, their hands are always up their robe sleeves. Do they just, you know, make them magically in their robes? Anyway, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. Or you can join the Discord. The link is in the show notes. As well as you can connect with me on Twitter at rebeljc underscore 92. And if you're feeling particularly generous today, please jump on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a good review. I would love to see it. And as always, guys, until next episode, keep digging straight down. Oh,